welcome back to Teachers in the Wild podcast. We're so glad to have you back, and uh, I'm glad to be back personally. This is Fry, and Donovan, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Sorry, I had to get a stretch, man. When you get old like that, you know, the joints start to ache and all that good stuff. Yeah, I don't know what that's like. Uh, (laughs) To be young and dumb again. Not that you're dumb, but you know Mm. what I mean. Mm. See how I... I I have witnesses that heard that. Yeah, but I saved it. Yeah. Not well, but I saved it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So today we are hitting the controversial button. Mmm, controversy. Controversy sells. It's like the easy button. It's so easy to hit nowadays. Oh my god, it really is. I feel like it's just constantly being pushed down. Kind of like how a 12-year-old holds the enter- like the, the L key when signing into a computer. Well, just to annoy somebody. I have a 10-year-old son and anything that makes noise, I'm subjected to minimum 45 minutes of constant whatever noise it makes. Well, that sounds about the same as the frustrations that are coming out of this administration when it comes to environmental issues and just in general, really. Yeah, but particularly, I mean, environmental stuff. Oh, yeah. So we're specifically talking today about a bill that was actually signed last year in 2017 uh, about hunting practices in Alaska. So... Donovan, what is this bill about? Okay, um, I don't. I actually, I think it's an executive order. Um, I could be wrong, but the the long and short of it is, is it allows for certain methods of hunting that I personally, even as somebody who hunts, find questionable. Um, it involves killing certain animals. Um, I want to say it's caribou, but I could, it could be elk um, from boats as they cross rivers. Because um, the normal law is that you can't kill a an animal or a hoofed animal or something, however you want to describe it, um, in, in standing water or running water that is above their knees. Um, it also allows for various methods of hunting bears and wolves, particularly wolves and wolf cubs. You're allowed to, like, kill them in the den. Um you're allowed to kill sow bears with their cubs. It's, it's, mm, yeah. Well, that just sounds grotesque. It, well, to be fair, okay, let me, there are certain exceptions to every hunting law. Um, for instance, one of which would be like a sustenance or a cultural exception. So, I mean, for instance, a, an indigenous people could hunt traditionally. And whatever that entails, you know, even if it goes against the law, nine times out of ten, there's some some type of exception, exemption, or um, I guess you could say buy for that kind of hunting. Um, yeah, it, it, the whole thing is very dubious to me. And, and from what I've gathered, um, Alaska is on board with this because they kind of want they kind of want their hunting rights to be dictated by the state and not the federal legislature. So there's there's some political gray area as far as... And, and bear in mind, I'm not Alaskan. I don't hunt predators. Um, so my knowledge of this is not firsthand. I mean, this is knowledge for me that's very foreign. Like, I understand it. I, I don't understand the 
of it in the sense of I understand the state versus federal kind of jurisdiction but to not have laws that specifically say you cannot kill um, um, wolves with uh, wolf cubs in the den or bear baiting with steel traps like those seem just inhumane and um, borderline harmful to the ecosystem okay um, and, and here's where our opinions are probably going to diverge and I'm probably going to ramble and I apologize but a couple things um, here's, here's one of my biggest problems, and it's not so much with the law, but the way the law has been presented. Okay. Because in this case, in this case, the headlines are deserved, but, um, when you think of hunting, you usually get one of two sides. And it's of my, it's my opinion that hunters of anybody who enjoys an outdoor lifestyle have probably the highest level of responsibility to uphold in the way they present the sport itself. Um, because you'll see headlines like this and it's like, you know, Trump administration okays killing baby bears, you know, and instantly, I mean, anybody with any kind of heart, the first thing they're going to be like is, oh my God, what an asshole. You know, these are like poor, defenseless, harmless creatures. And I understand that. Um, yeah, they think poo bear or, you know, okay. Baiting for bears is bad. Um, steel traps for bears are bad. Running deer with a dog is bad. Why is it bad? You know, that's my first question. Why is it bad? Why do you... Oh. No, go ahead. I was actually legitimately asking you. Uh, creates fear, stresses the animal, it's painful. Um, I just think about... You know how people say, like, you can smell fear? Or, like, you can taste the fear in something? Okay. Um, it... I... I dictate a humane death whether it be for an animal or for a person is quick and painless or as least painful um and all of those just sound like egregious cruel and um hyper violent ways to hunt for animal let me give you sort of a, a question to consider. Okay? Okay. You yourself have said you enjoy fishing, correct? Yes. Okay. So what when you go fishing, you put bait on a hook, correct? Yes. Okay. You throw that hook into the water, correct? Mm-hmm. You fight that animal for, you know, 30 seconds to two, three hours, depending on what it is. Mm-hmm. And then you pull it out of its environment where it cannot breathe, and then you either take it home and eat it or you throw it back in the water, correct? Okay. Is that more humane than leaving food out that a bear approaches and begins eating and a single shot ends that bear's life instantaneously? If, which is the goal of every hunter, is to end it as quickly and painlessly as possible. This is the goal of every hunter. I don't want to get into a fallacy here. Well, any, any hunter with any decent modicum of self-respect or appreciation for what they're doing, that should be the end result. Mm-hmm. Um... Which is more humane? I mean, I definitely do see your point of view there. That that puts me in a, a different mindset that I haven't been in before because if that is done correctly, uh, bear baiting, uh, and it is 
peaceful and quick, um, then that would be the most because I've fought with this fish. I've caused it pain. I've put a hole through its lips. I mean, that's a some powerful stuff. Donovan, why are you coming at me like that? Well, let me let me propose to you another example. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, which is more humane? Um, an animal that is run for, we'll say, 10 minutes, an hour, whatever, less than a day, obviously, correct? Mm-hmm. Shot and put down, right? Have you ever seen a factory farming video? Oh, yeah. Okay. So what's more humane, putting an animal in a, like, 3 by 3 cage where they can't turn around for the entirety of their life or running them for an hour through open terrain and then shooting them? Well, definitely the the, la- the latter. I, I just don't think that that's an argument that coincides because that that is something that is not to do with this law. I don't. I do see your point, and I agree with your point. I just I have different issues and regulations that I, I deal with when it comes to you know industrial farms that are processing animals. I don't know if that made any sense, well, but no. I still have hang-ups about this. I am a believer strongly in the federal government, or what the federal government should be. Well, here's kind of what I'm driving at. And like I said, mm-hmm. I don't condone anything in this Alaska bill by any stretch of the imagination. I'm not even a big fan of the idea of running animals with dogs or, you know, baiting doesn't bother me. I'll be straight up about that. Trapping, I'm a little eh, on because that's kind of like, let's hold an animal until I get around to killing it. And I'm not really sure if I'm okay with that. But I also understand why people do it. And it's sort of like their choice is their choice. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But what I'm getting at is... A lot of times, these hunting regulations or these, the situation in Alaska, they're presented in a means that's meant to get an emotional response. Um, and a lot of times, people approach the idea of hunting from a, like a purely emotional standpoint. Oh my God, you killed this animal. I can't believe it. You're a horrible person. Now let me load up in the soccer mom van, drive down to Whole Foods and buy, you know, a free-range chicken when in reality free-range is not exactly what most people think it is. I mean, I've, from what I've gathered, free-range, open-range, cage-free, whatever you want to call it, is just means that they can kind of go outside for a little bit. I mean, they're still essentially in a, almost a factory farming situation, not anywhere near like you'd see in like a mass production type facility. But I read somewhere i can't even remember where but it was explaining the difference in like what free range and um uh, i can't remember the name of the other one but they're really just steps up from like they're they allow for instance chickens to have a certain amount of grazing land um but that grazing land just has to be outside which means they could be grazing a parking lot understandable i think where i my beliefs on hunting kind of diverge is that majority of what I see of hunting is trophy hunting versus like I really don't understand or and I don't know that many people I mean I definitely I know you as a person who like hunts their food 
and like drinks at home but I don't know that many people that do that so I guess that's just not something that's in my wheelhouse of understanding because I mean you got the um the woman who went to South Africa um uh test tally she like those kinds of things are and Cecil the lion those things are put into our faces so often so the people who aren't hunters like myself who are animal rights activists and believe in uh you know more ethical ways of raising animals for food uh i guess we just kind of get one-sided of the hunting thing so what's the difference between predatory management and trophy hunting because i know that this bill talks about it being predatory management well predatory management is kind of a, a different area than what most people would consider hunting and i'll touch on that in a second trophy hunting though is essentially i guess the classical definition would be somebody that goes out and you see it a lot with like big game african safaris um though not always or it's portrayed a lot with african safaris where somebody will go out and they'll kill an animal and they have no use for the meat. They want the head to mount on their wall. They want the picture to put on their Facebook. They want the skin. And it's basically, to me, that is like the epitome of douchebaggery. Um, like, you know, there there's douchebag and then there's I'm drowning in Summer's Eve douchebag. Those guys are drowning in Summer's Eve. Um, because, I mean... If you were going to go out and you were going to kill another life form, you don't go out and kill another life form for nothing. You know, sadly enough, I agree with PETA that, uh, at least in that instance, that's murder, as far as I'm concerned. Um, to go out and kill an animal for food is a completely different type of hunting. Or a completely different mindset, however you want to approach it. My point is, is one serves a purpose that is sustenance. The other serves a purpose, and that's to inflate some jackass's ego. That, that is, I guess, with all major things that we have controversy over, you put the extremes out for people to see it, and so that the uh, the moderate version doesn't get heard or seen. But that that situation with the the black um, giraffe is a interesting one uh i'm not really sure how i feel about it given some things that i've read mostly that i i'm not not happy with it um and you know i can understand that but you know and here's here's kind of my take on it um the woman is a poor representative of the sport um in general you don't be you don't you don't promote yourself going oh I prayed for something like this I mean come on get the pardon my language but get the fuck out of here. Um, now that being said, in Africa hunting along those lines, a lot of the times the meat goes to villagers. Um, it boosts the local economy, etc. 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 My major issue with it is that the, these animals are close to being endangered. They are um, on a per- they are dwindling. Um, that subgroup of giraffes is on the rise. The black giraffe is on the rise. Um, but overall, the population of giraffes has declined by 40% in the last 30 years. Like that's, That is where I come from, is that this is a possibly in date, like 
soon-to-be endangered animal. I, I can see that. I've I've seen conflicting reports, so I don't want to weigh in because I can't speak with certainty one way or the other. I've I've seen the endangered aspect of it, and I've also seen it reported as, you know, a black giraffe or a dark giraffe is nothing more than a giraffe that, as they age, their coat has gotten darker. Um, mm-hmm. So, I, you know, having seen both sides, I can't really weigh in a hundred percent because I have no certainty. Um, but I do want to touch back on something. And that is what you were talking about, you know, the way it's presented and it sort of is meant to sway moderates a certain way. Um, If you go in the country, for instance, and I I use the country when I I mean more rural areas where hunting is much more common, there's a completely different mindset about it. If you go into, say, suburbia, um, those are the people that, like, we'll say, and I'm just going to throw out, like, a random, I don't even know if they apply, but we'll say, like, somebody like the Sierra Club, okay? Mm-hmm. They're going to try to sway the soccer moms. They're going to try to sway the people that are on the fence. They're going to try to, you know, sway those people that are, for lack of a better term, ignorant. Um, and I don't mean that derogatory, just that they don't know. Or those people that are really unsure, and they're going to do it in the same way that you're going to see, like, the SPC society for the prevention of cruelty against animals whatever their initials are you know yeah they're gonna it's the same as the sad puppies and the sad music i mean i'll be honest with you man i get a little misty-eyed when i see that sarah mclaughlin commercial with the sad puppies okay now i'm misty-eyed for a whole other reason um yeah yeah that hurt um (laughs) but my point is, is you know, they're going to appeal to that emotional gut reaction of, oh my God, I can't believe somebody would do that to an animal. Yet, you know, you mentioned predator control earlier. Predator control is a completely different thing. I mean, as a species, humans are ever expanding. We're encroaching into places where there are things that could eat us. Um, That's we, our fault. Yeah, but we're also, I mean, think about it this way. We are pushing animals that can eat us or that are, you know, big predators into smaller and smaller spaces. Even if we leave them alone, pushing them into smaller spaces, it's going to upset the ecosystem in and of itself. I mean, do you really want to say, and I'm going to go on an extreme example here, but let's take, for instance, mountain lions, right? Do you want to push a mountain lion that has a range of, say, 10 square miles into a space where you have four mountain lions in 10 square miles? Where are they going to start looking when they run out of food? I mean, little Fluffy on the back porch, you know, the family poodle's going to start looking awful appetizing to a mountain lion. See, and right there is where we totally, this is a, a good example of our totally different ideas. My, my idea is that humans shouldn't encroach on that space just because we are, we want to expand. That's, I don't think that's fair. No, I, I, I don't disagree with that, but on that same note, I mean, we're people. It's kind of what we do. I mean, and that's, that's, that's a shitty excuse, I know. It's a terrible answer. It's, a, it's not good enough. <laughs> um, but, you know, and then, for instance, those animals are going to start dwindling their own food supply down. And it, it's just, it's a chain reaction. And personally, I think it's about finding a balance. Mm-hmm. Um. Because people are going to be people. Animals are going to be animals. We're going to interact. Um, eventually, we have to find some kind of coexistence with that. 
And, I mean, that's going to involve us running into situations like this where there is no... We're going to have different sides of an ethical argument. Well, do you think that trapping and um, killing of young wolves in their dens is going to be on the rise because of this being revealed? Hmm. I... I cannot say with 100% certainty. Um, if memory serves, I believe that in some areas, wolf introduction has been extremely successful to the point that it's maybe a little out of control, but I could be wrong. Um, I think the biggest problem we're going to have is we're going to have a spike in trophy hunting. And, and sadly, I think that is part of the reason why this is the way it is, is because our, I'm going to get political and let my true colors shine here, and it's going to sound really funny because I am, you know, kind of a Second Amendment believer, not in his current form, believe me. Um, I am, you know, I do enjoy hunting and fishing, stuff that would most likely be aligned with conservatism. This administration is, in my opinion, I mean, he's just playing, he's making the sycophants happy. It's like, oh, you guys want to go trophy hunting? Well, let me make this happen. <laughs> you know? And I think his son's actually a trophy hunter, too. Would not surprise me. My my political views on this issue are totally opposite. I agree with nothing of this administration. So, And it's, uh, as a environmentalist, even this particular um, bill alarmed me and so many others have um i just hope that now that the the ball is in alaska's court because um really the the senator of alaska said that he was more about that it was the state's decision on their lands uh to make these kinds of rules and they have some laws um against like hunting out of season but i hope that they take the the gauntlet up and use it to be a triumph um, against this kind of behavior. But I, I doubt that will happen. Well, I mean, but I can be optimistic. Oh yeah, and I mean, I, I I think that a lot of the reactionary reporting leads to people to think, oh my god, everything's going to go extinct, and it's like a a fear reaction. <clears throat> well, it, it, I mean, it will happen eventually. Yeah, but I mean, also we've got to stop and step back and realize that, I mean, states manage their wildlife pretty pretty intensely, um, a lot of states, in my opinion, um, which is why if you go fishing, you can't keep a fish that's less than such and such and bigger than such and such, you know what I mean? Um, it's why they have things like bag limits and stuff like that. Now, I will be the first to admit there are people that know way more about predation control, um, and the long-term effects of this kind of hunting than I do. Because um, like I said, I'm not a predator hunter. It's not something that interests me. Um, and the fact that, well, let me rephrase that. It's not something that interests me in the fact that I'm going to go out and I'm going to hunt down a grizzly bear. Not that we have grizzly bears here, but I think you get my point. we got the cute black bears. We do have the cute black bears. Um, but I, I do think it is something that bears mentioning, like I said, in that the way it's presented is meant to elicit a certain kind of reaction. And I'm not asking people to agree with me, per se. I'm asking people to stop and think about it from the other the other side, the other standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I heard something recently that was like, and I actually think it was Steve Ranella that said it, the, the more broad base questions you ask when it comes to hunting, the more people agree with it. Like, do you agree with hunting for food? And I think he said something like, and I can't remember what the survey was. This is, I'm just mostly shooting off an anecdotal example here. But he said something like 70% of people agreed with, yeah, you know, hunting should be okay for food. But the more you narrow it down to methods, the more people started being against it because they found themselves starting to question morality issues. You know, so it's like, do you believe that you should be able to kill animals with a gun? And, you know, we'll say 60% agree. And then it's like, do you believe animals should be trapped? And then all of a sudden it's like, hmm, now we're starting to get to territory that I'm not sure I'm okay with. You know? Um, and, and, I mean, this is an argument that's been going on forever. Since, you know, animal rights activists, and, you know, that's not a knock on them. But since they popped up, it, this has been a question that's been going back and forth. I mean, it will continue to pop up. Like, there's always going to be some something that comes to the forefront when it comes to hunting, when it comes to uh, animal endangerment and cruelty. Um, and I, me being one of those animal rights advocates, <laughs> uh, believe that you know we just need to open up that conversation. Um, it is really hard to be so emotional about it and to, to know that these creatures have, they have feelings, they can't express them, but like you can see it when something is angry or feels threat or feels threatened or where it's hurting. So we still have to be empathetic to these life forms. And I think that's where um, a lot of people will just forget that using your words to to work through these things, we, I, I now understand hunting better. Um, I just still don't agree with it. I don't think I will. I'm still sitting on that, uh, that offer you gave me. Um, more and more, I think about going back to be vegetarian. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're going to be one of those people, the vegetarians. I was a vegetarian for 10 years. Thank you very much. And they're, they're Hezbollah-like counterparts to vegans. Hey, 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 you were, you, you gotta look at it from the other side. I know, not, I'm just... Not every, not every one of us is, uh, or I, I can't say one of us because I'm no longer a vegetarian, uh, but not every one of them is like, everyone who eats meat is terrible. Like, no, you just, they have a different way of living their life. And plants are really good for you. Oh, I enjoy the hell out of broccoli and asparagus, but, and, and see, and you, you've illustrated one of the biggest problems facing, I think, hunters today with a lot of people is that dialogue, um, because that dialogue gets corrupted when you see pictures of people standing next to, you know, a dead bull elephant, or you see somebody like holding a dead deer, um, and, and I'm not one to take pictures. I mean, I don't even think I take pictures. Like, very seldom do I even take pictures when I go fishing. Um, not that I catch anything picture-worthy usually, but that's beside the point. Um, really, do we want to see a picture of you? Yeah, this is... I'm sorry, I, that was mean. No, I don't even want to see a picture of me. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I, I have a face for radio. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but my point... But, the, you know, the point is, is... Do... It's really hard to have a conversation when the sides of the story are so are are so prone to extremes. 
and the logical voices get lost out. And that happens in anything political. Um, but particularly when it comes to animal rights, I think, is that emotion tends to far exceed logic. And I have, I do not really condemn that um, because empathy is a beautiful, beautiful thing. And which is lacking. Which is lacking. Um, and, you know, if I go hunting and I kill an animal, I actually feel a little bit guilty when I'm cleaning said animal. But I also know that that's going to feed me. That's going to feed my kid. Did you did you thank it for its life? I mean... No, I, you need to say that. You need to do that. It'll help you with that cleaning. Th- it's not so much a matter of thank you, but I do hold it in a certain reverence. Let me put it that way. Oh, that's good. Um, there, there, there's... It, it's hard to explain that feeling. Um, there's something gratifying about it. There's something... And I don't mean gratifying it. Oh, look what I did. I killed something more gratification in the fact of I was able to go out and procure my own food. I know where it came from. Um, I know it hasn't been filled full of chemicals and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah that makes sense. No, I, I can respect that. But you should thank it for its life. Well, <laughs> I'll work on that. Um, uh, it's a, I saw an episode of Naked in a afraid XL out in Africa and they, they made a really big game kill of uh, Impala and a warthog and both um, hunters hunted with a bow and arrow and they um, they did that and so I, it was a, a, I like that they gave that thanks and that reverence since it's a you know a very privileged thing to decide to go on a TV show and live in the wild for 40 days Unless you're Bear Grylls and, you know, go hang out on a bridge for a day and then go back to your hotel room. I'm sorry, that was mean. <laughs> but, um, no, I, the, the hunting discussion will continue. It will not be answered easily. Um, and I know we've kind of touched all over the place on this. So to kind of draw us back to the Alaska thing, I think my biggest concern with it is the slippery slope that is presented anytime this administration passes anything. I, I agree. I think that we we will definitely continue this conversation on hunting and different aspects of it and rules and regulations because if you're a listener like me who does not know much about hunting and what goes into regulations, I think that that will definitely be where we go next with um, our hunting conversation is, okay, what are some of the, the responsibilities hunters do have and here at the legal um repercussions of that yeah and i mean as an episode this was more meant to be kind of a discussion than a let's look at the bare bones legislation regulations etc um you know we'll get more into that stuff come you know probably fall when hunting season starts kicking up maybe we can pull in a couple guides and ask them about that but I, i guess if i was going to leave people with one thing from this it would be disagree with me agree with me that doesn't I mean you know I am just one person's opinion like I said I am not a predator hunter so to speak Mm -hmm. Um, but I will ask people to stop and look at it from both sides and kind of put that knee jerk gut reaction on hold and I mean don't get me wrong like I said I get misty eyed when I see sad puppies or when I have to hear you sing Um, (laughs) I caught that 
Um, but you know, put put the knee jerk aside and and stop and and think about it. Like read up on some of the conservation versus the the just reactionary viewpoints of it because I think some of it will surprise you and a lot of it a lot of it makes a certain amount of sense um, in ways that are much much better explained than what I did here you know I mean I, I kind of rambled and just gave my opinion but I, I think there's something to be said for both sides of the argument you know I don't agree with with killing baby animals that's just freaking harsh I mean that that's it takes a certain kind of asshole to look a baby wolf in the face and pull the trigger. I, I couldn't do it. I don't have the stomach for it. Ah, Ned Stark did. <laughs> do what? Game of Thrones in the first, like... Oh, yeah. Season. Yeah, yeah. He, he killed a, a dire wolf. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, he had to do it. Oh, it's, it's also I, George R. R. Martin, and he's a talentless hack. Ah, uh, well, you know... Sean Bean is always gonna die. Gonna yes, but he's gonna hold a place in my heart. <laughs> right up until he dies. <laughs> Don't remind me, Borbier. <laughs> see, see, that's what we we need. We need a conservation effort for Sean Bean. We need to like start a foundation to get him to live through one movie, because that dude has died more than anybody I know of, except for maybe Kenny. Oh my gosh, that uh, that had me choking up a little bit. <laughs> Long live Sean Bean. Uh, has come. As of now, this episode is officially dedicated to Sean Bean. May you rest in peace all 57 times you've died. I think we should clarify and just say his character names, but that's a lot. Man, so. I don't have another hour. I get stuff to do. I'm trying to take a nap. <laughs> well, we'll leave it to it. So, guys, we're going to leave you with our recommendations for you to check out, whether it be a podcast, a video, a um, organization, or just an activity. So, Donovan, I'm going to start off with you. What are you suggesting to our listeners tonight? I am going to suggest the YouTube channel Darwin on the Trail. Um, he is a... This dude has hiked, like, everything. Darwin! I mean, if it is, like, North America, this dude has probably hiked it. And he has just a super cool, super beginner-friendly... Um, YouTube channel geared towards hiking. Um, he has an Instagram. I'm not sure. I think his Instagram is actually Darwin on the trail, but I could be wrong. Um, but yeah, he's definitely worth a look on YouTube. You will learn a lot from that dude. Oh my gosh, yeah. I've watched a couple of his episodes, and I'm just like, man, if I could, I would. And then he t then the next episode was like, you think you, could, you can't do my lifestyle? You can. I was like, darn it. And then, and then to be honest, the man has a pretty awesome beard. He does. He really does. Um, and his wife's name is super cool. Oh, so I'll leave that for you guys to find out. Yep, I won't spoil it. I almost did, but I won't. Yeah, gotcha. Well, I'm going to um, go a little more global um, and really close to the heart based on my um, understanding of animals and how I feel. And I'm going to do the World Wildlife um, Foundation. Um, so WWF.org. Um, donate, definitely look at some of their, um, the species that are, are endangered, um, and close to extinction. It's definitely, like, cool to get the panda on your shirt or a bag, but, um, being a, an avid contributor and understanding really where they're located and what they're doing, 
um, that's important. And so you can see what cannot be hunted. Yes, and uh, as, as a quick aside to that, I'm sorry to cut you off. Um, you good? One, pandas are cute. Pandas are so freaking cute. Source, source sloths. But I, dig I digress. Um, yes, definitely donate. Because while we sit here and we talk about hunting in North America, um, and we can argue the merits of it all day long, there are definitely animals out there that are in serious need of help. And an organization like the WWF has the reach to give those animals that kind of help. It, it's definitely important, and it's not something that you say, oh, you know, somebody else will do it. No, do it yourself. Get out there. Um, volunteer time. Um, give money if you can. I mean, we're teachers. We don't have much money in the state of North Carolina, but... A.K.A. It, it, any money. <laughs> yes, uh, but it is definitely worth, you know, $5 um, if you can spare it. Um, and if you can do reoccurring donations, that would be helpful. So we give those to you. We hope that you come back for the next one. Mom, I'm so glad you're still listening. I hope you haven't turned off yet. Oh, and uh, hi, Jake, because you're probably the other one listening. Yeah. So we'll uh, catch you next time. As always, stay wild, my friends. Same bat time, same bat channel. <laughs>